Welcome to the Farm Beats podcast. Farm Beats is proudly produced by Nebraska Digital Architecture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Beats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Throughout interviews with expert producers and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with a new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, Farm Beats followers, and welcome to another episode of Farm Beats podcast. I am Ana Clara. And I'm Natasha, and we are glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion on data management. Today, we talk with Igor Bonacea, PhD student at the Federal University of Vissosa in Brazil. Tune into this exciting episode to learn more about how he deal with data management in his research. Well, first, it's a pleasure to be invited for this podcast. It's an honor to be here with you and I talk with you again. So I'm Igor Bonicea, I'm agronomist. I live in Brazil. In the past spring and summer, I have been in UNL to a sandwich doctorate. So I, I had the opportunity to advance a lot of my work. Today I work with remote sensing and AI approach, uh, aiming to improve the irrigation efficiency in center pivot systems. So that's, what I, I'm working with now, I also have a business, a small business that we are trying to look for some partnerships to develop data and methods that I had in my PhD thesis dissertation. Okay, well, it's impressed that you are a student and you are still having your own business in the same time. So you are good yeah. for many people. <laughs> That's right. It's hard work, but <laughs> it works. That's a good way to work. Mm -hmm. So, since your episode is related to data management, can you tell us um, how the data management uh, practices benefit your research? Well, sure. Uh, data management practices are like the most important part of my work, especially because I, I work with a lot of data images, files, and uh, I don't know, uh, temporal images, uh, time series. So the volume of the data is too big. And I need to make sure the, uh, that all the data is good to use and recover it and all the chains and to have all the codes, everything uh, good to access and good to understand. Especially uh, when you, I think when you work with in a team, and you share data, you share process, you share codes, you share every step that you work with. So it's the most important thing is data management. It's how to make sure that your data is good and understandable for everyone that is working with. So can you tell us um, a little bit how this, you know, interest about data management or working with so many different datas um, started? So why? Oh, yeah. Well, I think it started in my life after I just uh, when I started my, my graduation. 
in my master's and my PhD, it was where, well, I think when you are in the undergrad, you also have contact with a lot of data, but as much as you uh, develop your academic life, more responsibilities come to you and more data, more results that you have to present, more papers that you have to make, more information you have. So it started, well, I'm, I'm an agronomist and in agronomy, we usually don't have like disciplines about data management and coding and everything we learn is up to us, looking, searching in internet and other courses. So it started like that by necessity. So I started to have a lot of data and well, I need to be organized and I needed I, I needed to adopt better practices to, to ensure that uh, what I'm working and the quality of my work, of course. So that's how it started in my life, the data management. I'm not an expert, but I think I work a lot with data management, even that indirectly. And during your work, like, uh, can you provide us a tip how you organize the data for get the measurement using the programs that you're using? Like, do you have any tips for us for name the files, the documents that you want to analysis? Mm, yes. Well, for files, I think it's the basics of data management is how to manage your own files like the, the things that you have on your laptop, like documents uh, or tables or figures and everything. I usually use a systematic approach. Well, works for me is my way to do. I split the folders uh, by projects, naming, by versions, by date, by year, by subjects and which project, and then subfolders like text, and figures, analysis, raw data, processed data, results. And I try to keep everything uh, in this way. For example, when I write a paper and other authors will contribute, I try to keep all changes like version 00, version 01, and that it goes because if I need to recover an idea, I can easily get this that idea that I had before and include my next text. So I think that that's the basics of data management. It's more like a personal organizing system <laughs> that works. Uh, for more uh, complex systems, I think we have the metadata of the, the files. I work with remote sensing. Remote sensing is basically all information that you can get uh, without a direct contact with the object. But today, when we talk about remote sensing, everybody understands about satellite images. That's my word. So in satellite images, when we get some information, they usually came with some metadata. Uh, metadata is the information beyond your data. So I have the image but I have the metadata, the date of acquisition, the orbit uh, name, the clouds, coverage, and all those informations that 
are useful for my, my work, the coordination system that especially for who works with uh, geograph information systems is an important thing because you need to to change the and makes the standardize everything all the data you have before to start to work so well and you can also add metadata in your documents i think like microsoft systems when you have a spreadsheet you can add metadata creation author chains and everything so it's also a way to do that uh, for codes, for example, I, I write a lot of codes and I share this code with my team, uh, with the persons who are collaborating in my work also. So we have to make sure that other person will understand what we are doing and what does the, that code do? Because even if, okay, this person knows how to code even better than I do, but well, she's gonna have a piece of code and okay, I'm lost here. I need to understand, I need to study the code. And we can use uh, some comments in the code, like lines that doesn't make nothing uh, in, in the processing, but gives an information. Okay, this parts change the, the label size, the font size of this figure. So this kind of comments and they can, understand everything so now i think i'm uh, progressing data management because as i said i have my business and we are trying to develop some approach and some tools and the volume of that data is really big and we need to have control so we need to scale the data management to another level so i'm learning sql that it's a programming language uh, very effectively for data management. So that's what I'm doing now. Uh, I'm just starting, so <laughs> get easy on the questions about SQL. Oh, this is amazing. And I, I cannot imagine actually how difficult it is to organize those, you know, like amount of data, because for example, my research, I also have data, but for sure, the amount is not the same as you have, for example. And well, in, in my last work I, uh, that I developed, I was managing 250,000 images, satellite images. So the volume of that is really big. And also, data management, I think, is uh, kind of know what the data you have and know the good data that you have because for me we know that satellite images have a lot of can have a lot of problems like pixel saturation and ortho corrections and everything that can happen so maybe we have a lot of images but not all the images are good for my work so i need to filter the the images good because otherwise i, I wouldn't have good results so <laughs> that's Another step, I think, is also related with data management. It's to yeah. select the good data. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, for sure. And one curiosity that came to my mind. So when you receive the satellite image, for example, uh, I imagine the folders or the documents come in a specific way, the names, for example. But then you need to standards 
to send to other students or, you know, like your coworkers. Do you have, a, I don't know, a program or a software that helps to standardize the, the name of the file or you need to do one by one? No, uh, definitely I wouldn't do one by one. Uh, it's a labor-intensive activity. So I usually use scripts for to do that, especially Python scripts. I work with uh, Google Earth Engine to dataset environment in this last work that I did. So each satellite comes with a specific name and a specific form to write the name of the file. So the orders are different. The information in each name is different. So I basically take five of them, uh, make a code to run in five of those files, and then, okay, it's running in a correct way in five files. So run to all files. First I test, then I apply to, to my whole data set. Yeah, no, I was imagining that is something to do that because it would be crazy. You can spend a whole year yeah. just to rename all the files. Yes. You know, yes. You have like a thousand things to just check for then run. You're going to take like forever, I think. That's uh, right. For a beginner that is like us, uh, as me, like master students, do you have like any any program that you recommend for us for a start like just for try to organize our data like that is not that amount of yours well yes i think the good practices like the basic practices trying to name your files and your folders in a in a good way in a way that works for you there's no recipe for everybody I use a lot of underscores in my files, so I can when I access the, those files in my code, I can split the underscores and get all the informations that I need. So it's a good way to do that, and you can advance. You can go to Python. Python is a good programming language. Um, I think the community of Python uh, have improved a lot of uh, the the programming language itself. So you have a lot of information online. You have, I think it's the most commented and discussed programming language today. And you have every, basically everything. You can go to YouTube and search for videos and learn Python. That's, that's how I have learned. So everybody can do that for free. It's basically as much as you code, better you get coding. And it's a good programming language for scripting. Scripting is basically you define an, an activity, you define step-by-step uh, step that what should be done, and you run for everything that you have. So that's basically scripting. So it's not the most efficient for people from computer science. They, they probably will say, okay, maybe Python is not the best one, but it is for us that have no contact with any programming language. And so it's, it's easy to learn, so it's best for us. I think this is the good good way, start for the basics and then by your need, so you can improve your knowledge based in your needs. Uh, in here, we use like 
a lot of Air Studio and SES program. Do you already have been touched with one of those programs? Yeah, especially R. I I like a lot R. I'm not an expert. I prefer Python, mm -hmm. but some some things that I try to do in Python, especially related to statistics, are easier to do in R. So I try in Python. If I don't get in Python, I go to R and do in, in R. I think it's just preference and each uh, programming language have its own specifications and it's more applicable for some activities. So for me, Python works works in a good way because I can integrate with PGYS, ArcGYS, and Google Earth Engine as well. So that's why I use most part of my time Python, but I also like R. It's funny because you said R is easier. For me, R is already difficult, so I cannot imagine Python. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, R is a little bit harder than Python to learn. I think the the learning curve for, for Python is, is a little bit more easier to learn. There's, at, at least for me, I, I, I found uh, more documents and more information for beginners in Python than in R. Oh, this is nice. One, just, just one more question that come by my mind, sorry. It's like, what do you think to use the AI to help us coding? Like many people are asking help for uh, chat GPT to get like the improvement because sometimes search on Google or try to find the YouTube's videos took us too long. So why do you think about AI on coding? Well, I think it's great, chat GPT. I'm glad that you talk about that. I'm not an expert in coding, so I use a lot ChatGPT, especially to make my code. Well, I have a lot of experience, experience coding. So usually I make the first version of my code, but I can pass this code to ChatGPT and as do it more efficiently and you're gonna have a revised version. So other thing that you can use is to comment your code. You, you run, you write your code, send to ChatGPT and comment it or explain this code to me. I think, well, we need to, of course, we need to use these, those, um, those tools in an ethic, ethic way, especially when we are working with research because uh, you, you need to use to help you not to do your job. So keep the ethics in mind, but it's a tool, it's free to use, it's a good tool, you can learn a lot, and it can really make uh, a difference in your coding and in your life. So, well, I, I don't see problems, I, I like to use, and I, I use a lot also. <laughs> nice. And Igor, uh, so do you use any search data to assist you? Well, yes, and that depends of the project that I'm working with. For example, today, 90% of my, my data and my codes and all my information are in cloud system. 
So the search data, the search search data tool will depend of what what is the the cloud computing system that I'm using. If I use Google Earth Engine to acquire satellite images, of course it's Google. So I use Google Drive to store uh, those images, and I use Google Colab platform to process. Uh, for example, the AI models to train the AI models. But for local files, I think I use Microsoft OneDrive. Uh, for me, have a better integration with uh, with my my data, and the updates are faster. So I prefer to use Microsoft systems. In past times, I have used Linux systems. I start to code using Linux systems. So in Linux system, they I think they had a, a better uh, data management uh, structure, especially when you're coding and making scripts. Well, less bugs, less errors, like with folders names and everything. This happened a lot in Microsoft, but today I think we uh, today I migrate back to Microsoft systems because well, it 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 is a good system. I think they have improved a lot the integration with the codes and folders and everything. So less errors, it's good enough to me now. Are there any specific requirements or specifications for the platform that you're using for the Python? Like you needed to uh, do something at the file that you received to be able to run in the process? Depends on, on the probe, also the the file that you have. In general, you just need to have a laptop, a decent laptop. The modern laptops can run a code, but okay, if you have a better laptop with more memory, more RAM, and more system, more system cap capac capacity, so you will have a better processing time and well, things will happen faster, but today, 90% today the modern computers can run the codes with, without any problems cloud systems also is, are a good thing that you can use for example google collab you can train an ai model without have local processing so it's all processing in cloud systems you you're using a server so you you could do it with uh a cheap laptop, for example, because you will not use the laptop, you're gonna use the server. So it's basically just to access the internet and open a Google Chrome tab. Okay, you can train a CNN model, an AI model, even if you don't have a good laptop or good computer and all of that. Then, but when the things get, are getting bigger, of course, if, if you process a lot of data, if you need to store data locally, you're gonna need a server or a better computational systems to be able to process everything. But I think it's accessible for, for everyone today. So Igor, one question that I think will be one of the most important for this interview, at least for me. So as a grad student, I think almost every, grad student face this challenge so sometimes we spend a lot of time 
trying to find, you know, a folder or a document that we know that is there, but we don't remember the name. Or, I don't know, we have a database and then we cannot remember why we analyze the data like that. So did you have this situation as well? And if you had, uh, what do you would do differently to avoid well, this? That, that happens a lot to me because uh, sometimes I, I have a problems or I don't know, I, I need to make a analysis about something in my data. And I know I did it before, but what it is. And sometimes I find the code, but okay, how this code works? Because it's not commented, there is no, there is nothing in my code. And I, I, I sometimes I prefer to make another code <laughs> based in what I need than trying to learn my previous code. And okay, let's do everything again. And for this second code, I make sure that I have all comments uh, declared and everything is clear. And if I need again in future, I will have a good information. So I try to keep everything as clear as possible and the most understandable way to see what I have and what everything does, what every part does in my code. So that happens a lot. Sometimes for documents, well, that happens happened to me. I think the most grad students have this problem is to find the reference for work. Uh, you write in a paper or scientific work, you need to put the reference. You And you know, you have read some paper that's a good reference to your paper, to your methodology, but where is this paper? So, and we, we have to look back and everything. For that, I started, I, I think everybody knows, but most of grad students knows about Mendeley software, but well, it's also a recommendation, especially when you're writing, maybe uh, <laughs> you can organize all the papers you have there. And it's, it's a good way to find what it, what you're looking for. Yeah, and actually this happened with me this week because I was working my dissertation, my literature review, and then there was a sentence over that and I I need to like do some change, but I couldn't find the paper that I was looking for. So it took me a long time. Yeah, same yeah. with the air. I was coding some analysis and then I'm like, I know that I have this code. I just don't know where it is. So it was half on a day just to recode the code that I already have. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what are the other challenges or even the encourage when you're processing your data? Like uh, how you imagine that? Like what are the, the challenges for you? Well, for me, it's the volume of data. So it's the main challenge that, that, that I have. But have a, another process, uh, another parts of data management that are a challenge. I would say that the data set equipment is a challenge, especially when you are working with a team. Well, you have your work, you're the first author of a paper, you know the methods, but you have your interns working with you 
And you need to make, uh, make sure that they understand your work before they start to work with you. So explain your work for them, explain why each information is important to your work. Uh, last year, I went to another state here in Brazil. I was in the data site acquirement for my PhD. And we were evaluating some center pivots. And it happened that some informations, essential informations like coordinates of the center of equipment, or they just forgot to know. And well, it's a simple information to get in field, but if you just forget to, to know, it will be a, a hard task to, to do it after. So some data we could recover, but some data don't. And well, I think we lost six evaluation. Doesn't didn't had so so big impact on my results because we had a lot of data. But well, our six center pivots that took uh, at least three hours each to evaluate. So a lot of work waste. Wow, <laughs> I imagine the. Disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were trying to recover all the information and everything, but uh, sometimes we lost more than just the coordinates. We lost it and the data that we need. So, well, there was no how to adjust the, the methodology for that case. Yeah. Research never easy. We always need to yeah. be careful with small details. Yeah. <laughs> So in your opinion, um, what is the biggest gap in the data management when we are in grad school? Uh, in grad school, to me, uh, personally, was the lack of training. I didn't have, I was had, I was have, con I had contact with uh, coding and all these computing systems, especially in my PhD, but in my master's, I didn't have well, I could choose some subjects to do, but I, I didn't have time in the moment to do that. And I think it's the lack of training. If we, in our undergrad, we had at least one subject related to processing, data management, just the basics, just to learn the logic of the systems would be great for us. But I think even that, if you are not a computer science person, you can find online, as I said, you can have your training, just search, and you, you're going to find a lot of things to learn. Yeah, it's a good point that you, you brought, because I think in the grad, in, when we are in grad school, it's complicated because we are lacking some training like data management and also for writing. So I think those type of training would help us to save a lot. Wow. Of yeah. And also, I, I hope that the students, when they read the course, they they know the importance of that. Because uh, sometimes the students don't think that, oh my gosh, why do I want to learn data management? But it's like, you're going to be required at the end of your course to have something related with this. So it's easier when you do your own. This way, you know what are you doing and the results that you're getting. So... Is yeah, necessary. You're gonna need it in your professional life, of course. So exactly. 
Yeah. In a time of our life, you're going to need something or to know someone that knows how to do, but you can do by yourself. Exactly. So for the producer perspective is how see agri sorry if i say wrong would help the farmers well see agri is the mo uh, the brazilian way to say <laughs> but uh, we we usually say sai agri but it's okay first explaining what what is sai agri sai agri is my small business i have developed i have started this business in my masters since i started my masters uh we me and my friend, we founded this business because, well, I saw that that I, I had contact with a lot of researchers, a lot of grad students. They they were amazing. They had amazing job, amazing jobs, amazing papers, amazing methods, amazing results, amazing papers. But okay, and after that, how your paper, how your methods impact the farmers? So if you, I, I, I always felt that, okay, if I don't have uh, a real impact in the field with farmers, with my work, so it's worth nothing. So I tried to make Sayagri to, to develop the ideas in my PhD and my master's and develop tools to farmers. So the methods that I'm developing will become tools to be used by farmers and fields and get real solutions and field solutions and field answers for the problems they have. So I started working with optimization systems in my masters. We had developed some projects with farmers in fields, but as soon as I started my PhD, I started to work with remote sensing and AI was an idea that I had since I was uh, intern in my undergrad. So I saw the problems. I started to study remote sensing and AI I said, well, there's a chance that to develop a methodology to solve this problem we have in field uh, with remote sensing in a fast way and cheap way and everybody can use. So that's what I did. And that's what we are working with now. Uh, we are trying to develop some partner, uh, partnerships to, to have a other business with us to help to develop the, the platform and deliver this solution. I think until next year, we're gonna have our online platform uh, working and being applicable being applicable to to the farmers that, that is, that's the goal that is really nice congrats for our idea because i do have like that impression as well because most of our research sometimes is still getting inside the universe that didn't get the farmer for the real achievement that they wanted and looking for the date measurement sometimes farmers have a lot of stuff to deal that work with that it's also a really another part of his day that he don't want to spend that much so if you could simplify that it's great so congrats mm -hmm. for your idea oh thanks thanks and well i i always like to say that well a paper a scientific paper doesn't need to be just a piece of paper it can be something more 
And I know people that did that. Okay, I, I don't want just a piece of paper to be used by other research, to be a citation or something. I want more. And well, they are succeeding and they, they works. They are working with these, uh, these ideas and well, they're doing good. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Well, and I, I believe our goal when we are doing a research is this, right? We want to provide information so farmers, growers, they can use those information to improve their their process. Yeah, yeah it was the happiest moment in my academic uh, life, I think, was when I, one year after I finished my master's, I went back to the same same farms that I used to my study, presented the results, and the farmers were, wow, we can use this for the next crop season. You have the spreadsheet, you have how to make a simple model for us. I said, yes, it's ready, it's here. Take that, you help me. So it's, it's for you now mm -hmm. and thank you for help. And yeah. well, well, was uh, recognition was something that makes me happy at the time. You saw all your hard work worth <laughs> that time. Yes, yes. And not just for the paper. Mm -hmm. Something that's really applied, been applied in, in field. Yeah, that is true. And if our listeners want to learn more about Sayagri, uh, that is a website or, I don't know, a place that they can learn more about this? Yes, we have the website, sayagri.com.brd from Brazil. So they can find us there or just get in contact with me, <laughs> find my LinkedIn. And okay, send me a message. We can discuss if you want to join or know the projects that we are working with. Uh, well, I'm available to answer everything. And well, who knows? Make a partnership could be possible. Great. <laughs> so, uh, there is anything that we didn't talk about today that you might want to add or mention in this conversation? Any tip or you're free to talk oh i think it's just the closing of everything like i say that less is more so to start the data management with the basics find a way that works for you uh, try to learn uh, programming language r python or javascript uh, or other that are adapted to your work, your problems that you have, and try to evolve the your learning based on your needs. So don't try to, okay, I'm gonna learn the SQL first and because you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah, okay, why I'm learning this, I won't use now. So, and when you need to use, you maybe will forget everything that you have learned. You, you need to restart. So we start with the basics, try to learn uh, uh, programming language and go. So going to our last question, uh, a tradition here in the Farm Beats is to ask or, or interview it, a piece of advice. So what advice do you have for anyone interested in data management? 
Well, I, I think we, we also talked about that. It start with the basic, try to learn what you need, try to use those available AI models like chat GPT in a good way, try to learn, try to find information and try to adapt uh, the, the, the tools that you have for your problems that doesn't make the opposite, like use your problems to make the tools, try to use first the tools for what you have and learn how to code because that made difference in my life. And everyone that I talked with that knows how to code and it is in the professional life, after the PhD, after the masters, after the undergrad, they always say, well, coding made make made the difference in my life. So I'm glad to learn how to, to know how to code. Thank you very much to Igor to taking the time to join this episode of Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to have the discussion about data management and the challenge of working with a higher amount of data. One of my favorite parts on this episode was when he talked about using Python and the AI to guide us in our research. I also think that was really interesting to learn how the Sciagri can help farmers to get access of data in an efficient way. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week on FarmBeats. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the FarmBeats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or whenever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over the email or Twitter or in the review sections of your favorite podcast platform. Your contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing highly quality informational material to members of the Agriculture Committee in Nebraska and beyond. The opinion expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska, Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska Lincoln. We look forward to join us next week for another episode of Farm Beats.